Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. Good evening. And welcome to a special edition of Saturday Morning with Joy Keys. It's not Saturday. It's Wednesday. But this is a really important topic. This month is Colorectal Cancer Awareness Month. It's like the third leading cause of death, I think, in America. And as we know, recently, Chadwick Boseman, he's a very famous African-American actor, um, died of colon cancer. And he was younger. He was under 50. So it can happen younger, and we'll talk about that tonight. Um, Tonight I have, and again, she's been here before, Commander and Dr. Danaba A. Joseph. She is a board certified in internal medicine and is a commander in the Commission Corps of the U.S. Public Health Service. Uh, She joined the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention as an Epidemic Intelligence Service Officer in the Division of Cancer Prevention and Control. And she is the um, medical officer and medical director of the CDC's Colorectal Cancer Control Program. Okay, you guys say that five times. Um, and uh, I think this might be our other guest here. Let's see here. Good evening. Is this Angela? Hey, this is Angela. It is. Hi. Hi. How are you? Hi. I'm great. Um, How Angela. are you all? Let me tell them. Let me let me tell them who you are. This is Angela Caraway. Okay. She is a colorectal cancer survivor. I got connected with her uh, through the Colorectal Cancer Alliance. Um, good evening, Angela. Good evening. Good evening. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy both of you are here tonight. Um, I specifically wanted people of color. I try to get people of color on most of the shows just to show that there are, one, practitioners, like Dr. Joseph, um, and then also survivors, because sometimes people only see African-American people who have died of colon cancer um, or other diseases that I've discussed on the show. So I think that's important. Uh, let's just start with the doctor first. So what is a colorectal cancer? Just a short answer. What, what is colorectal cancer? Right. So cancer is any sort of out-of-control growth of cells. Like there's no, there's no off switch that tells them to stop duplicating and duplicating and taking over everything. So colorectal cancer is just out-of-control cells in your colon um, or rectum. Now, what do you... What are the signs? Are there signs for colon cancer? Because some cancers, they're not really until the last minute. It's too late. Yeah, so a lot of times you do not have much by way of symptoms to start until the cancer can get pretty advanced before you can start having symptoms. But sometimes people will have a change in bowel habits, so it's harder to go. Or if they do go, their stool is a lot skinnier than it used to be. You can get blood in your stool. You can get diarrhea, you can be constipated, you can mm-hmm. feel bloated, you can have abdominal pain, you can lose weight and not understand why you're losing weight. So if you have any of those sorts of things, um, and sometimes, yes, they can be a little vague and nonspecific, but if you have any of those things, you should definitely 
um, go see your doctor. Now, Angela, what kind of symptoms did you yeah. have, or did did you know that it was colon cancer? How did you know? So at first, I um, I I saw a little blood, but I thought maybe um, it was a a ruptured hemorrhoid because I went to Google Medical University. I always say that because uh, that's me <laughs> joking about. It. So I went to I went on Google. <laughs> And I, you know, kind of did whatever the symptoms were I had at that time. But I, I basically boiled down to that it was, for me, it was a ruptured hemorrhoid. And then about eight months, eight, nine months later, uh, I finally got a new um, primary care physician. At this point, I was having blood in my stool every time I pooped. And okay. it was red, dark red, all those things happening and because I just got, with a new primary care physician, told her the symptoms, and then she um, recommended a gastroenterologist. Well, this particular guy, I couldn't get in to see him until December. So that was in October. Mm. Saw him December, had a consultation with him December 23rd, and shared with him at this point that there were six different cancers in my family just on my mother's side. And wow. I shared with him that I... Um, because it, we were going down the path of not having a colonoscopy, but I knew that that was the wrong thing. I didn't quite know what colonoscopy was. I just yeah. knew somebody needed to go back there and look and see. I didn't know who. All right. Well, Angela, I didn't know how that thought. Angela, 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 hold <laughs> yeah. that thought. Okay. I want to. I want to bring okay. the doctor back in here. So now okay. you're having these symptoms, uh, Doctor Joseph. What are some tests mm-hmm. that are done? to verify on the part of the doctor. All right. So sometimes if you just show up in a doctor's office and you say you're having blood in your stool, they'll want to confirm you actually have blood in your stool. So they may do a stool test, like right there in the office. Like they could just do a rectal exam, put it on a little card, test it, see if there's blood in your stool. So that's Mm-hmm. That is not a screen for colorectal cancer when you do it that way, by the way. <laughs> you can use stool tests for a screen for colorectal cancer, but that's not it. Um, but if you're having symptoms <laughs> like that, the most common thing is to get a colonoscopy. Um, to Well, basically, just look inside your colon and see what might be causing the problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what age? Um, I understand that um, it's, what age should you get it? And then, then if you have somebody like uh, Angela who has a family history of different cancers, tell us the different ages people should go. Right. So, I mean, I do want to make a distinction between being screened for colorectal cancer and having symptoms. Screening is when you don't have any symptoms. You're feeling fine. You're going, going about your daily life. Life is wonderful. You know, you're not having any of that stuff that Angela was talking about. Um, mm-hmm. That if if that's you, then right now, like the American Cancer Society recommends starting at age 45, and the U.S. Uh, Preventive Services Task Force has recently suggested that they will be lowering their age to start to 45 as well. So we'll okay. just say 45 for the moment as <laughs> um, <laughs> when you should go. If you have a family history, so let's say you know Angela's dad told her that she had he had polyps. Um, adenomatous polyps or cancer, colorectal cancer diagnosed at age 50, then you should start at 10 years before that point. So she should have started at age 40. So it just depends on how old your relative is when they were diagnosed or if you have, like, many relatives 
with colorectal cancer and sometimes some other cancers that are associated with syndromes that have a higher risk of colorectal cancer. Mm -hmm. So now, Angela, what was your experience preparing for this colonoscopy? What did you have to do? What steps can you tell us about? Yeah, I had to drink the nasty solution that they (laughs) prepped with. (laughs) And, um, yeah, there's that. Um, So that that part was, uh, that was the worst part because then that just, you know, cleans you out. So you were in the bathroom. And how long did you have to do that? How long long did you have to do that? I had to do that for 24 hours. Okay. And then you couldn't eat anything? What about Jell-O? Could you eat Jell-O? I could not, unless the Jell-O was, like, clear. I couldn't do any Jell-O. Because they didn't want any dye, like the red. Yes. I didn't drink mm-hmm. clear drink, um, like chicken broth, all the broth. Uh, but when I was preparing for my – okay, I'm sorry. I'm jumping ahead. So, yes, just for my colonoscopy, I had to just drink the solution that they get, give you. And you go to the bathroom. I mean, you feel lighter. I mean, that was the plus for me. I felt really like. <laughs> yeah. But I agree. I agree. I, agree. I, was <laughs> I felt very light. I felt very light. I had to prepare for mine. And I was telling the doctor right before we started, I had to go back mm-hmm. a second time because the first time they tried to investigate, they couldn't, they couldn't, everything wasn't cleared out. <laughs> And then the second time I went, everything was cleared out, but I have this thing called the loopy colon. So it's like it just twists and turns. And so they did it. They went as far as they could go, I guess, and they were very, you know, they were satisfied, but they said, you know, if your doctor has any concerns, I had to, they they suggested um, an ultrasound um, as another, like a, a backup, you know. Now, now Dr. Joseph um, has the, the um, preparation for colonoscopy changed over the years, or has it always been just this clear um, liquid and this crazy solution that cleans you out? What, what is the process? <laughs> I mean, yeah, people have tried all sorts of different formulas. They've tried giving you less fluid. They've tried pills. They've tried all sorts of things. But basically, they all do the same thing. They make you poop. I mean, <laughs> so, yeah, if you can't look inside someone's colon if you're full of poop because when you look in there all you'll see is poop which completely defeats the point right <laughs> so the point is right, to look right. in there and try to see the walls of your colon and make sure there are no polyps or you know anything that doesn't belong in there right now how long how long does the colonoscopy normally take dr joseph so the colonoscopy itself doesn't usually take that long maybe 10 20 minutes max um you know, it's all the getting ready to get there in the first place that takes forever. Um, you know, if you're talking door-to-door, like, time you show up, time you leave, it, I mean, you probably need to give yourself a good hour, hour and a half. You have to check in. They have to, you know, do all their checks, give you your medication, put IV in, all that fun stuff. But the actual procedure itself only probably takes 10 to 20 minutes. And are you completely knocked out? For, I just want to explain to the audience, or are you in the twilight phase? What's the anesthesia issue, and how is that administered, and the strength of it, I guess I should say? All right. So most commonly now these days people probably get propofol, you know, which unfortunately will forever be known as the Michael Jackson drug. But um, yes, it does. 
yeah. <laughs> it does actually That's like knock you out. But it's <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's very short acting, so it knocks you out. I mean, yeah. you you'll feel like you blink, and then then you'll you'll open your eyes, and they'll be like, oh, we're done. So um. So that's the most common thing. You can do it with, with what they call um, moderate sedation, um, where you're more loopy, but not totally out of it. But it's more common to get propofol. Now, Angela, you had the colonoscopy, and then what happened after that for you? Um, then I, you know, so I was told uh, that I had colorectal cancer, and then I, the following week, actually the next day I had blood work, CT scan done, and then the following week I was meeting with um, a surgeon that the gastroenterologist recommended, and I was meeting with her, and then uh, the follow the so basically two weeks after my colonoscopy, I was having my colorectal cancer surgery. I don't know the the correct terminology of the word for uh, the fact that they removed 12 inches of my colon. And wow. um, so all that twelve happened, inches. So I found out. Yeah, I found out on December twenty ninth, twenty fifteen, and then on January fourth, I was meeting with my surgeon, and on January twelfth, I was at the hospital having surgery. Now, um, yep. Doctor Joseph, is that um, it's it twelve inches a lot? I know our colon is very long, so is twelve inches a lot, or mm-hmm. is that a small section? Probably about a fifth colon is about five feet long. So, I mean, that's a pretty good okay. section, yeah, to have taken out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Now, what and, it, what and mine do... was right in the sigmoid area. I was it okay. to be uh, my tumor was found in the sigmoid area of the colon. And Dr. Joseph, what is that area, the sigmoid area? So that would be on your left side. Um, so your colon, so it connects to your small intestine. So all you, you, you eat goes through your stomach, goes through your small intestine, gets dumped out into your colon, goes up the right side, across the top, down the left side. So down the left side is a big point, <laughs> uh, colon. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I was, yeah, I was really close to the rectum is what I was told. Uh, okay. okay. Yeah. Now, Dr. Joseph, what can we do to not get colon cancer? What are things like eating or medicines or what can we do to prevent as best as we can colorectal cancer? Right. So, I mean, it's only been studies that's shown exercising regularly, um, eating a healthy diet, so avoiding smoked and, you know, blackened meats, <laughs> things that have been charred and barbecued a little too, you know, zealously, <laughs> you might want to avoid, mm-hmm. um, you know, trying to avoid the typical American diet, you know, all the things we love to eat and shouldn't, you know, fatty foods, fast food, processed things, you know, eat lots of fruits and vegetables, high fiber, drink lots of water, um, all those things we should definitely um, partake of. Now, I was reading something about aspirin. Is that something that would help or prevent low dose of right. aspirin? Yeah, so they have looked at low dose aspirin. It it can decrease your risk. Um, part of the problem is aspirin is, you know, we like to think of it as totally benign and not completely benign. <laughs> um, so because it can cause, it has other side effects. You know, it can ulcers and bleeding and things of that nature. Uh, they don't 
recommend it wholesale um, for yeah. people just to take across the board <laughs> um, to prevent colorectal cancer. There may be specific circumstances in which it's warranted, but it's not something they just recommend for the entire population to start taking aspirin. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, Angela, so you had the mm-hmm. several other, you had the surgery. What happened mm-hmm. after the surgery? What type of treatment did you have to continue to engage in or take, you know, take medicines and things? If you, I mean, if you feel comfortable, you know, answer. Oh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm an open book about it. Um, yeah, so I started my treatment. I, I was, um, was listed as stage three, and my treatment was the Folfox uh, chemotherapy treatment. So I had 12 rounds of chemo um, in which I started about, about 40 days after or so after my surgery. I started chemo, and that went from February of 2016 to August 4th, which is my birthday of 2016. So I had 12 rounds of, of treatment. And is that an yeah. IV? You had to go to the hospital with IV? <clears throat> yeah, I had a port put in, and um, so it was through the IV, and it was a port in my um, on my right chest area, right above my breast, right breast, and... Um, that's where they place the needle, and that's how I received my treatment. And then I had treatment for there at the clinic at the cancer center, and then I came home for about two days uh, of more treatment. So okay. my total treatment lasted like three days, and then I went back to the hospital or back to the center to have that removed, and then they gave me a shot to help me with my white blood cell count that took place 24 hours after that. So I had um, to help boost my white cell count. I needed that after each, pretty much after each treatment. Dr. Joseph, she mentioned something about a port. Could you explain to the audience what that is and the benefits of that in uh, in reference to getting um, her treatment? Right, so basically it gives access to your vein. So they put it in your chest. There's a large vein that sort of sits underneath your clavicle or your collarbone. Um, mm-hmm. So basically advantages, they can put it in, they can leave it in. Um, and they put a cap on it, obviously, since you can't just walk around with it open. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so, yeah, so then that allowed her to go back and forth and get her treatment without having to have a new IV put in every single time. Um, it also allows you sometimes to get your treatment at home. Like, so my father actually had, has stage four colon cancer. So he got his treat, a lot of his treatment at home um, because he had a port. So the nurse just, they did their thing, then she left. Um, <laughs> so that's okay. the advantage. Um, and sometimes they'll leave it in for quite a while, even after you're done with treatment, just to be sure that they don't need it again. Yeah. And then at some point they'll, they'll take it out. And she mentioned about this white blood cell injection. Is that a usual, mm-hmm. normal thing, or are there a variety of things that people could get after they get their chemo? Yeah, so pretty much all chemotherapy is what we call immunosuppressive. So your immune system consists of your white blood cells. It also basically can sometimes just suppress your bone marrow altogether so that your red blood cells, your white blood cells, everything. Um, so they give you this medication to sort of give your bone marrow a kind of like a kick so it keeps mm-hmm. making white blood cells because you don't want you to get an infection obviously 
while you're on chemotherapy. Um, so that's always one of the sort of the big fears is that if your white blood cell count is really low, you get infected with something and then you can't fight it off because you don't have any white blood cells. So that's why they give that medication. Now, Angela, what were some of the mm-hmm. problems that you had going through chemo and then after chemo, what kind of lifestyle changes did you make? I would say my biggest biggest problem that I was having was, you know, adjusting to um, or basically forcing myself to eat because my appetite was um, was a little tricky. It, sometimes mm-hmm. I felt like eating, sometimes I didn't. Um, and so that, and then what I wanted. And um, so I, for some reason, had a craving for for watermelon. And, and mm. it was this time of the year that I was going through my treatment. So from January, basically from February to August. So water, that that's not watermelon season, but that's what I wanted. And that's what mm-hmm. I got. So I, um, so the biggest problem was around eating and just trying to make sure that I, you know, had, well, not that I couldn't get food, but just that I wanted, kept, kept food in my body. Right. And that I just, yeah, yeah. my mom with me and so she made sure that happened but during that time too it was just about my lifestyle like I I literally had to put my life on pause pretty much um I tried to continue to stay active as much as I could and tried to work and do those things but I felt I didn't feel beautiful I lost all my hair I felt um I felt like I was a walking a big walking blob of disease, cancer, you know, that I was mm-hmm. contagious. You know, it was all my self-talk, um, yeah. head space, what I up with, just negative things around um, my appearance and just how I was with my, just just my spirit wasn't um, where it used to be. So even after yeah. treatment for me, it took a while because I, then I went and sp- talked to a therapist to talk about why was I depressed? I was, you know, finished with my treatment. Why was I feeling that way? And so he helped me realize all the things that was happening. And, and I had to give, I had to give myself permission to be okay. Like let, you know, let my, let myself um, realize that I had to accept the fact that I went through it. Because I still was having okay. a hard time accepting that I was going through that and had gone through it, but that I mm. did it, and then I made, and I had to, you know, really work hard on, um, on my affirmations every day, and then also telling yeah. myself this is not going to happen to me again. It's not going to happen to me again. So the mental wellness for me has been the biggest thing after my journey of the treatment is then now this battle of being mentally strong and being mentally well around yeah. being a cancer survivor. Dr. Joseph, is that kind of a normal conversation you have or have, have heard that patients have after they've been quote-unquote cured, they have these types of feelings? Sure, yeah. Um, I think that's not at all unexpected, and I think, Whatever your experience is as a cancer survivor is yours. Um, mm-hmm. You know, whatever it is that that's normal for you. As like, I don't, I don't think you can put any boxes or categories um, on right. people when they're going through things like this. So whatever their right. feelings are, then you know, our job as as providers and as friends, as as family, is just to validate those feelings and provide whatever support we can. I mean, some people like to just 
go out there and just do everything and present act as if nothing is going on and other people, you know, engage more fully with their feelings. So however they respond, it's us, it's fine. So it's, it's not our job to sort of tell them whether it's right or wrong, um, but just to mm-hmm. provide support. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit oh, more about the colorectal like <laughs> Sorry. What did you say? No, I was saying I wish more doctors was you know were like was like that, and um, mm. my my oncologist was like that, but but my but his um, nurse practitioner was not as understanding. Yeah. What was what was so the was, what was the issue with the nurse practitioner? I mean, what were they saying? You shouldn't feel that way, or you're going too yeah, slow, she, or what? Yeah, she was like, whenever I shared with her that I was, you know, depressed and didn't under, quite understand why and, you know, that I was mm. finished. And she was like, yeah, just, well, you should just look at it like you just had a cold and now the cold cold is gone. And I was mm. like, uh, no. Yeah, yeah, that's, this is a little different than a cold. Like, no, I yeah. And it was just, and she was just like, you'll be all right. And just walked out of the room. <laughs> yep. So dismissive mm-hmm. of your feelings about the situation. Basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Joseph, could you tell us a little bit more about this colorectal cancer control program and what you do there at the CDC? Right. So CDC funds 35 um, recipients. Some are state health. State health departments, some are fairly qualified health centers, some are universities, um, and we ask them to work with primary care clinics, predominantly federally qualified health ser- uh, centers that serve, um, you know, underserved populations that um, have either do not have health insurance at all or are low income or have higher rates of colorectal cancer and other chronic diseases, um, and basically go in there and work with them to implement evidence-based interventions to um, increase colorectal cancer screening amongst the population that they serve. So that's, that's pretty much the crux wow. of the matter. So, yeah. Can, how, would, how would an agency apply, or do you choose places? I mean, can, what, can an agency apply to your program to get funding? Yeah, so there are funding announcements that go out on grants.gov. That's the... I guess U.S. Uh, website that has all the funding announcements. They come from all across the federal government. Um, so you just have, you have to keep your eyeballs peeled um, for when the next funding announcement. We just funded our current cycle of grantees um, starting mid-2020, okay. so that will go through 2025 um, until that cycle ends. Um, so. so that's not that's the next time people would probably see something, 2025? Right, yes. Wow. Okay. So, th- so you guys, you better put it on tickler on your calendar if you're an agency or somebody that works with an agency in the community. That when your 2025 comes, probably 2024, you start, you know, going to, to the grants.gov website to to look for right. an opportunity to to participate. Um, and how long have you worked there uh, with the CDC at the, the control program? Oh boy, I've been at CDC since 2005, and I have been medical director of this program since 2009. So it's been a little, it's been a little while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Now, um, Angela, how did you connect with the uh, Cancer uh, Control Alliance, Colorectal Cancer Alliance? Sorry. Yeah, not a problem. Yeah, I, I actually um, 
I Googled it <laughs> doing my research okay, around colorectal cancer. <laughs> and then, um, but then I, I actually went to an event, a gala, uh, which I had met this young lady who, what, she and I, our stories were similar. And we both have a common friend who introduced us and said that you two need to know each other. And um, so she actually put on a gala, and the proceeds were to um, go to the Colorectal Cancer Alliance. Went there and met Angie, um, and then I was Mm -hmm. like, yo, I really want to get involved and try to get more minorities aware of, um, you know, just just to share that, you know, screenings and the tests are not as bad as, you know, what people, how they say they are. I was like, if you're looking for some good sleep, this is great sleep. But anyway, she started (laughs) connecting me with uh, more people in the alliance and and i just been connected and trying to do more and and really get the word out about um getting a colonoscopy and definitely at a young age um even though i know they dropped it down to 45 i'm just like yo see if you can get it at 40 because i was 43 and i still would have missed it and my doctor tried not he said i don't think your insurance will pay for it so yeah (laughs) so i had to convince him to, okay. you know, that I was high risk because of my family. Yeah. Wow. Well, you guys, this mm-hmm. has really been a very informative conversation. Um, I want to encourage people to get their screenings. Don't hesitate. Like yes. Dr. Joseph said, if you have any of the symptoms that we discussed, just go. Don't, don't, I mean, if you have insurance. Now, if you don't have insurance, um, depending on your income, of course, you can apply for Medicaid. Um, and um, uh, the Colorectal Cancer Alliance, um, their, their, their website address is ccalliance.org. I'm sure they have services mm-hmm. there that can help connect you um, with programs yeah. or someplace that you can get a test. Um, don't wait. And if you're a guy, please, the doctor is not thinking yeah. anything sexual about you at all, okay? The doctor is completely looking for a clean colon. The clean colon, that's yes. what they're worried about, you know? <laughs> Dr. Joseph, can right. you please reiterate yeah. that? That doctors are not worried about anything sexual with the, with, you know, <laughs> doing a right. colon. Yes. I can oh assure you that their mind is firmly fixed on your colon and nothing else. <laughs> yes. Okay. Exactly. So um, thank you, guys. Thank you, Dr. Joseph. Um, thank you, Angela, for coming on the show tonight. I really appreciate you guys taking the time. Thank All you. Right, no Thanks problem. for having me. All right. You guys have a wonderful evening, okay? Thank All right, you, you too. too. Nice to meet you. Okay. Yeah. Nice yeah, to meet bye. you. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Please, please go get your screenings. Don't hesitate. Um, if you have to convince your doctor, you know, put a pressure on them. They're working for you. You have insurance or you're asking for their service and you're paying for it. They're working for you. So push them on the issue if you really are concerned or you have a family history um, and and you and somebody's pushing back and saying you don't need the screening. Um, don't hesitate. As we know, Chadwick Boseman, um, actor, recently passed away, and he was actually young, um, under 45, and and he got colon cancer. And I understand that he was actually like a vegetarian. So you know, even if you're eating what quote unquote is like the best diet, you know, vegetables and things of that nature, and no red meat. Yeah, or no meat at all, vegetarian, then um, it still can impact your life. 
So, so, so please, I encourage you to get it. You can follow me on Twitter at Joy Keys. Also, check me out on Facebook, Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys, and on Instagram, Saturdays with Joy Keys. You can also email me, I'm Saturdays with Joy Keys at hotmail.com. I'll be doing a show this weekend, uh, Chad Joseph, um, talking about his book, Black Magic, and also a show about multiple sclerosis. So you want to tune in this Saturday starting at 11 a.m. Eastern, and it'll go till 12 p.m. Eastern. Have a wonderful weekend. Wonder if you should get tested for colorectal cancer? Well, it's the second leading cancer killer in the U.S., so if you're 50 or older, it's time. Screening helps find precancerous polyps so they can be removed. Remove the polyp, prevent the cancer. Did you know there's more than one screening test? Talk to your doctor to find the one that's right for you. No more excuses, because colorectal cancer screening really does save lives. A message from HHS and CDC's Screen for Life campaign. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.